Hey guys, Tony here. Last week, Joseph was out of town visiting some family, so we didn't record an episode. Uh, as most of you know, especially those of you that are members, we have another show other than the Patriarchy podcast called The Patriarchy Presents After the Sandwich. It's our off-format show where we talk about life and everything and nothing at all. And uh, it's very laid back. Uh, it's for members only. Uh, there are a lot of dad jokes and uh, just various different subjects. Sometimes we have somebody pop on by in there and we just talk to them and kind of just have a chat. It's not, there's no segments like there are in the main show. Um, it's just very much as if we just got around and just decided to talk to each other. That's just how it would be. So it's kind of a peek behind the curtain to see who we are um, off the main show and just kind of what's going on in our lives and you know our ideas on some things. So normally that's available to members only. Um, but this week, since we didn't record anything last week, we're going to release last week's After the Sandwich that our members have already heard this week to you non-members so that you guys can get a taste of it pun intended. Um, see, look, there's a dad joke right there. But this week, we hope that you appreciate it. And this is done in an effort to encourage you to become a Fight Lefties Club member and sign up with the code PATRIARCHY so you support us. Uh, that really does help us and it funds our show and kind of helps us with our projects and the things that we want to do to make the show better, to make it sound better, to uh, bring more things to it, maybe more segments, uh, maybe more of the funny commercials you're used to. Uh, a lot of other projects, things going on behind the scenes, um, some written type things that we're actually trying to do. Uh, more coming on that soon. But we can't do that without the funding. Uh, and both of us have full-time jobs, uh, neither of which make a lot of money. Uh, we do this really because we believe in it and we think that this is worth doing. But if we're going to keep growing it and we're going to keep doing it and we're going to keep adding to it and branching it out and trying to make it better and better, we need your help. So go to fightlaughfeast.com and click to sign up to become a member and use the code PATRIARCHY when you do. I'm not ashamed to keep trying to sell that to you because we really do believe that that's a worthwhile thing. And, and look, I get people's finances may be strapped. Uh, we're not asking you to go into debt. So if you really are legitimately just strapped for cash and you just can't spare anything else. This isn't, this isn't a call for you to do that. Okay. We're not asking you to go into debt, but for the majority of you, you could probably spare a little bit. You know, you could do without a couple extra cups of coffee at whatever coffee shop you stop by on your way to work and instead put that into the show to help us, um, you know, make yourself some black coffee in the morning, like you should anyways, and uh, forego Dunkin' or Starbucks for a couple days and put it into our show. There are various levels of club membership, by the way. I don't know if people know that. So it's not all like a one-size-fits-all. You can actually go there, and you can pick your level of club membership that fits your budget. So I encourage you to go to fightleftfeast.com, uh, pick your level that fits your budget, and then use the code PATRIARCHY when you sign up to support our show and keep hearing more episodes of After the Sandwich and anything else that we decide to put out and really just help drive the patriarchy into the future and help us continue to put out the content that you guys appreciate. So if you like this show, make sure you like and share on all the social medias if you're still on it and haven't gotten banned yet by cancel culture. And make sure you share it with some friends that you think would appreciate our show as well. Get them turned on to the patriarchy, get them subscribed to what we're doing, and get them sharing our stuff too. That way we can all become better men together, and we can make this thing bigger and bigger as the years go on. And I'm, something I'm very excited about um, is what we're going to do with the show this year and in the years to come. So once again, if you appreciate this episode, go to fightleftfeast.com, click this on to become a member, and use the code patriarchy to support our show. But without further ado... After the sandwich. Rise up, for men of God have done with lesser. 
the patriarchy after the sandwich. Hey, uh, Joseph. Hey, Tony. What's going on, man? Hey, uh, what do you call a hippie's wife? I don't know. Mississippi. Mississippi. Nice. Nice. Hey, uh, I don't mean to brag, but I have a date for New Year's Eve. Oh, well, I mean, that's that's good. I'm, I'm assuming it's your wife. No, it's December 31st. into that one. Oh man. Oh man. Okay, that was good. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> uh well, I've been trying to learn a new things, you know, over Christmas break and I was trying to take up dancing and man, I was I was addicted to the hokey pokey. But I turned myself around. That's good. Yeah, I'm, you really, you really, you really reached out there, like you to get that one. You kind of, I would say, you reached out with one arm and then you put that one arm back, and then you reached out with that one arm again. Yes, very much so. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you're being supportive of, of my recovery. Yes. Oh man, uh, you know, uh, at the beginning of last year, I made a New Year's resolution to lose ten pounds. Go. Oh, I don't. I didn't remember that. No. I only have 15 more to go. (laughs) It's it's been a long day. All of a sudden, all of a sudden I became that, that meme of, of the, all the numbers and the mathematical equations going around that guy. Like, wait, wait, what? (laughs) Nice. Nice. All right. Well, welcome to after the sandwich, uh, the patriarchy podcast off-format show where we talk about life and everything and nothing at all. And uh, today we're, well, today I think at least one thing we're going to talk about is New Year's revolutions, but uh, I think that you, didn't you have some, you had Revol- Did you say revolutions? Revolutions? New Year's Re- revolutions, Re- yes. That might be actually what's happening in this, this year. <laughs> so, <laughs> so <laughs> right? I don't know if that's actually what I said. I might have actually take up said arms, that brother. Take up arms. It's, We're ready. The patriarchy leads the New Year's revolution. My my subconscious is coming through into my speech there. Oh, rise up! Right. Well, hey man, I mean our intro was "Rise <laughs> Up, O Men of God." So, rise yeah, up! We're ready for the boogaloo. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Patriarchy is going to lead the boogaloo. Oh man, yeah. If you have ammo, please send it. Yes. Oh. Well, yeah, you're actually you made the joke about New Year's resolutions, but I know that you've actually been making them. Actually, fun fact, our show was actually be, sort of finally got going because of your New Year's resolution. If you remember that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We had talked about having a show and then it was a joke for um, a while. It's kind of just a, yeah. and then it got more serious and yeah, then you finally I think I, I think it was Right before New Year's, or maybe it was right after, and you messaged me and were like, "Hey, one of my New Year's resolutions is to start a podcast. Let's do this." Yeah, that's one of the th- one of the things I do every year is 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 to do that. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, how was your Christmas? It was good. It was good. We had a we had a good Christmas. We had a nice. Uh, we actually, I don't actually, I don't. Did you guys get snow for Christmas? We got a light dusting. Oh man, we got a blizzard. Um, like we yeah, I know we, we got. Else did. We got covered, man. And uh, my my daughter was super excited because she was so bummed 
because everything had like melted. Everything had melted. And she was like, Dad, I really want a white Christmas because we've not... I, I don't actually think she is right. We've not had a white Christmas since uh, we moved into this house. And she was really bummed. And then all of a sudden, like on... I think it was Christmas Eve, actually, in the morning. It, it might have been the day before Christmas Eve. I don't know. But it was right before Christmas. And man, it just started snowing and snowing and snowing. And it just didn't stop. And it was so high. So we got... Nice white Christmas, and um, it was fun, man. Uh, it was... I, I read online, Tony, about white Christmas um, from a pastor that you need to check your privilege. Yes. Yes. Because, nice. you know, nice. um, I mean, that's such a racist thing to be longing for, for a right. white Christmas. I what about I think, the people I, that I think I made that joke. Uh, I think it was to James White, actually. I think he posted something. And I talked uh, about I'm, not actually, I'm not actually joking. Oh, serious! Oh man, come on, people! <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> this is uh, there. There was this. It shouldn't thread. surprise me, but there was this thread online of this comedian saying, "Like I spent the last two years coming up with the funniest stuff that I think I could come up with to try to troll like progressive left, like stuff like." And actually, all I ended up doing was predicting the future. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> like, right. Every, he would like put tweets out, like stuff like that. And then, like, somebody else would be like seriously on top of it. Like, well, did you, seriously. Did, did you see the article somebody shared uh, about the guy? It was, it was an actual news article. And it was about this guy who said he fell in love with a uh, blow up doll. And then somebody oh, was right. like, well, I guess Doug Wilson was a prophet because of Ride Sally Ride. It was like, it's all of the most insane, ridiculous things. Yeah, they're just all they're just all reality, which is what it actually does bring me back around to Christmas at my house. Not that that was the ridiculous reality, <laughs> but did you get a, did you get a doll? No, a <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no. I got a trash compactor. Um, no, I. It was funny because my so my my father in law is actually in town, staying with us right now. Um, but it made me think back on Christmas too, because he said to us the other night, he goes, staying at your house makes me forget about how insane everything is outside right now. And I was so insane inside. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Well, I do have a lot of kids. Um, but like, no, I mean, he meant like, just, it's normal. Like we're just being normal and, and can be normal and talk about normal things. And and he's a believer and and so is his wife. And, and it was just, it's been it made me think back actually even on a Christmas day that it was I because I said something to my wife like you know it was just this nice morning we we started the morning uh, if you listen to our Christmas episode you know how we each of us do our Christmases but the recap is you know we started the morning having a nice breakfast and then you know I read from uh, Luke and also from uh, the Old Testament as well and some of the prophecies and then we did our stockings and gifts and sang some songs and I I just I remember thinking you know, this is, this is a Christian home, you know, like this is what it should be like, that this is a, uh, like a safe harbor kind of thing, you know, like that the world can be going insane outside of the, the home, but, um, it should be normal, you know, in here and it should be good and there should be good things going on. And so when he said that, it kind of just made me think back to Christmas day and that is really what it, what it was. I mean, we, we had a wonderful day. We had a nice day. Um, I, in the afternoon, we went to my parents and had a really nice afternoon and night with them and, just had a nice time, you know, celebrating the birth of Christ and 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 just being normal Christians, you know, like so that yeah, it was good. Even though the world's going insane, you know, like there's still that that calm amidst the storm. Yeah, um, 
we we also had a good good Christmas, and it, it, I was thinking very similar thoughts. We had actually had some people over from church in the evening, and uh, just good fellowship. You know, we we actually the uh, I think the night before we went uh, Christmas caroling. No, sorry the uh, the night before the night before so Christmas Eve Eve we went Christmas caroling <laughs> with our whole church throughout my neighborhood, and it was raining, but we went anyways and. Man, our neighbors really loved it, and just being able to see people face light up, it's like, oh wait, it's some something normal out yeah. there a little bit. Yeah. So you know, one of the things you know, the Bible says that we overcome evil not with evil, but with good. And I think right now, part of the good is just the normal aspect right. of life, right. living living by faith. Not not that you just throw all caution to the wind about everything. But just that you're not freaked out, just not living in panic and fear, um, and just trusting the Lord. Then I think that will be a, a a great light to other people out there, and it'll be good. Yeah, I, I um, talked to other guys about just you know, the, there's some guys that are really fearful about all the things that could be or or maybe are coming like down the line in terms of just you know, what if riots erupt and different things like that? And I, I've had a few people say the same thing to me. And I guess I, I mean, I credit this to God and just keeping me calm, but they've said, you know, what are you going to do? And I'll explain things out that I've prepared for and what I would do in certain situations to them. And they're like, but you're so calm. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. Like, I, I don't know why, if, if, if it happens this way, this is what I'm going to do. And if it happens that way, that's what I'm going to do. You know, like, I, there's no reason to sit and live in fear um just be prepared be wise about it and trust god like that's that's life yeah we're not talking about being foolish in fact we're talking about yeah. being wise and part of the wisdom is is not a a slavish fear just a that paralyzes you yeah yep. there's a lot of people that are unfortunately right now you know probably a lot of people that didn't even meet for christmas you know because of that um because a lot of the governors are saying that and and uh, yeah, like you're saying, we're, we're not saying being foolish about things. And and I mentioned what I said about some of the guys and being prepared because I think sometimes when we say, you know, don't don't be afraid or don't be so panicked about things, I think some people take that as the extreme opposite of like where you're just like, oh, whatever, just just gonna put my head in the sand and you know, and it's like that's not we're, yeah, like we're not saying <laughs> that, but we're just saying like you know, God gave you a brain, so figure it out. You know, prepare for whatever you can prepare for and be wise about it and don't panic and then live, you know, live your life. Like, there, don't don't live this perpetual life of fear of the what if, what if, what if, because you're never going to be fully prepared for everything and have faith. It's not hard. Yeah. Well, speaking of, we're kind of talking about future looking and so that's, uh, let's talk about New Year's resolutions. So, you know, I, I, on Sunday, I preached on Second um, Peter chapter 1, where it says, make uh, with all diligence, uh, add to your faith. And then it lists uh, moral courage or vir- and then virtue, knowledge. And I'll, I'll actually, it lists almost all the, the, the virtues that we were covering in our normal episodes right there in Second mm-hmm. Peter chapter 1. But the thing I really wanted us to focus on is that diligence aspect when I preached on that and was speaking of, you know, at, at this time of the year, people, some people make resolutions. They only keep for a few weeks. Others laugh at people that make resolutions. Some people don't even attempt it. 
and there's nothing really magical or 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 uh, superstitious or even more gracious about the new year. Well, New Year's is pagan, oh. and so are your resolutions, Joseph. <laughs> Sorry, I said to. Just, it's papist. It's well, I, I, I've been I, every it's, single day. I don't know if you've noticed, but every single day on Facebook, I've been purposely wishing people whatever the day of Christmas it is for the twelve days of Christmas. Because oh, I'm, I, I'm keeping them. Yeah, because I'm I'm so tired of people being on there and just being such a so ridiculous about this and like they they don't want to hear it and I'm like that's fine you know what if you don't want, and again this is not a mandated you know holy day of scripture or anything like that but you you think that you think they think we think it is <laughs> and it's just yeah. I'm I, so I'm like you know what I'm gonna be cheerful and I'm gonna be merry and every single day I'm gonna wish the whatever day of Christmas it is to everybody, and we're going to sing a song in my house or a couple songs, and we're going to celebrate Christmas for 12 days. So anyway, that's sorry. That's right. That's what, I'm, I'm, I'm the same thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now I'm talking about the New Year's, though. Right, right. And actually, I think the New Year time, it is a new year. It's a great time. It's a good time that the Lord has given us to look back at where we've been for the year and to think ahead where we're going and I think we have to be diligent with all diligence, it says. All diligence, uh, not just part. And so, um, you know, uh, Webster's Dictionary, the original Webster's Dictionary, has probably the best definition of diligence. I mean, it's it's probably just the best dictionary all around anyways. And and so it has the best, uh, the best uh, definition of diligence. And this is what it is. Uh, diligence is the name of a stagecoach used in France. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, that's that's the third definition given. Let me actually give you the first <laughs> definition. The Steady application in business of any kind, constant effort to accomplish what is undertaken. Exertion of body or mind without unnecessary delay or sloth. Due attention, industry, care, heedfulness. Uh, it goes on to say, diligence is the philosopher's stone that turns everything to gold. Mm. And the apostle Peter commands us to be diligent. Scripture commands us many times over to be diligent in how we carry out the law of God and how we grow in godliness and and holiness. And so it's not a uh, it's not like a self help plan where where you're like writing out your goals so you can hit your results. You know, like, check out your results after ninety days. But uh, diligence does plan, and it is uh, it may, it sets goals and makes steps, and and in particular that you're attempting to add these uh, things in Second Peter, like moral moral courage and knowledge and temperance and godliness, uh, patience and brotherly affection and, and love. And so I think um, this time of the year is a great time to be meditating on those things to be meditating on how I can grow as a godly man, a godly husband. And, and, um, and so, uh, I think new year's resolutions are a pretty good thing to do. Um, but not in a way that you're relying on your own power. Um, but you're relying on the power of God to accomplish and not one that you're slavish to, but that you, you, uh, your, these goals and resolutions you do, you try to, um, Try to set things that you can live by. Um, Jonathan Edwards, for example, had some. He's very famous for his resolutions. So uh, 
he had uh, 70 of them, and he wrote them when he was about 19 years old, getting his degree from Yale. Um, believe it or not, that was a good Reformed school at the time. <laughs> oh, man. And actually, um, what was cool about his resolutions, I mean, he's got many of seven of 70 of them. I'm not going to read them all. I'm going to read like one to you that, that's pretty well known. But I, I wanted to read you his like um, preamble which says, being sensible that I am unable to do anything without God's help, I do humbly entreat him by grace to enable me to keep these resolutions, so far as they are agreeable to his will for Christ's sake. Notice that he he recognizes his need for the Lord. He recognizes that he must have the grace of God to be able to keep it, and he should only keep it if it's agreeable to God's will and to God's glory. I think many people probably start off with resolutions without ever considering any of that. And we try to power our way through with a new year. I'm going to start all these things and we might keep them for a while, but with that, we would not rely on the grace of God and not actually for his glory. Um, we don't end up making progress in sanctification and holiness. Maybe we have the wrong ends in mind. Um, so I think, as you think about resolutions, you think about setting goals and, and, and growing, uh, you ought to, your highest priority needs to be growth in holiness and in, in, uh, the faith growth in the faith. And then the other things you can add to it. But one of the things that this is one of his most famous resolutions, he says, I'm resolved never to do anything, which I should be afraid to do if it were the last hour of my life. And, um, man, he's got, he's got some really good ones just that go right along with that. Uh, he resolved to, to repent when he forgets his resolutions and come <laughs> back to his, his mind. And so, uh, though I think that's kind of a defense of setting resolutions. And so I don't know, Tony, let me ask you, what's your thought? What do you, do you do this? Have you done it? Is this something you do? Um, I didn't for a while. What? I didn't for a while. Um, but I started, I think, in the past couple of years to try to have something that I wanted to accomplish in the in the next year, whether one or one or two things, a couple things. Uh, I think maybe at the beginning onset of it, uh, like a lot of things, if if any guys are like me, you're like, ah, go big or go home, and then you have this huge, massive list, mm-hmm. you know, and then you're and then you you you're this is not it's not an attainable thing, and so you you end up basically setting yourself up for failure and then you get down on yourself. And so I've, I've tried to be a little more reasonable, um, um, but still set something that's not just an easily attainable thing. I think that, I think a resolution shouldn't just be something that's like, yeah, I could just go do it tomorrow. I think it should actually be something you have to work for and, and put in some effort. You know, um, so here, my, my thought is like every year and I have, I've gotten to where I have to do this because this is, I, I do this as a pastor, uh, thinking of the church and for our family, is that I have to sit down and spend a few weeks plotting a, 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 a mission for my family and the church and where we're going in the new year. It's not quite the same as I, I resolved to do this thing, but what I tried to do is set a, where, where, Lord willing, will we be going this year? What are things that we need to work on? What are, uh, what are the goals and um, 
that we, I have for my family, for myself, and for the church. Um, a lot of times, you know, we, we talk about, we're, we're the patriarchy, so we talk about men leading their families. And leading your family means that you are leading. And leading means you're going somewhere, right? You can't lead when you're not moving anywhere. You don't lead from... I guess you can lead people to the couch, but you can't really, <laughs> if you're not going anywhere, there's not a whole lot of leading, right? There's no no need to follow somebody when they're not going anywhere. Actually, in our church, we have the saying, you can't follow a parked car. Mm-hmm. You and, can run into one. And you can run into one. But you can't <laughs> follow them anywhere. And uh, many men are frustrated because their wives aren't submissive and aren't going, they're not following them and the question is are they leading them do they have a place where they're actually going have they set a mission for the family is the, the uh, who did we did we talk to somebody no you, actually i think we did we talked to this has been a while but we talked to a guy named john moody a while back and we just had him actually out to my church to talk about men leading their homes no we didn't one have, of the things we didn't have john on yet i think we were gonna no, I, we did. We had him on last year sometime. Okay, if you say so. <laughs> yeah, um, I think we did. If if not, we, we ought to have him on. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. we had him at our church, and he mentioned this, that many people consider the home today just a place of like relaxation. So it is the thing that you mentioned earlier. You mentioned earlier about being safety and like a, 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 a sanctuary, if you will. But for many people, that's all it is. So right. you go to work, you go to school, you go to church, you're always going somewhere. And so the home is just this place you come to sleep, to be entertained, and that kind of thing. Whereas you think of the word economics, it, it comes from the word basically economics, which is um, home, homework, home working. And so economy really has to do with with your your home being the center of things and being productive. And, uh, I, I know we had this guy on C C R Wiley mm-hmm. has written books on this about our homes being productive. And uh, they're productive if we have a mission and a plan, and um, we have somewhere we're going. And that's the point I'm trying to make is. Uh, I think it's important for fathers to sit down with their wives and plot out where what are we doing this year? What are, what are some things that we hope to accomplish? What areas do we need to grow in? And I think it's good, actually, you could take that list of of the, the, the virtues that are listed there in Second Peter. You can take the list of which includes love and char- charity and all those things and see where, where have our, where's our family at on this? What are we doing as a family that leads to moral courage and that leads to temperance and um, leads to love and charity? So uh, I think it's important for us to sit down and do that. Now, uh, what I do, Tony, is I sit down. I've plotted out for, I sit down with myself first and plot out some goals that I put together for the coming year. And, um, they include, I, and what I do is I write out actually every station of life that I am, that I have. So what I mean is 
I'm first a man. Um, secondly, I'm a I'm a husband. Third, I'm a father. And uh, I'm a son and a brother. So a family man. So first a man. Second a family man. Third a church man. So I'm a pastor and a member of a church and an elder in a church. And then I am also a citizen in in society and and in, in, in Indiana, particular in United States. And and then I with each of those basically subheadings work through to see what areas do I need to prove in? What goals do I want to set on each of these to help me for the new year? And then I write them out. I try to put timetables and I put this plan down and I don't look at it. <laughs> I don't look at it for like uh, a few months after I've written it. But then I, I, I check in on it every one, like every couple months. Point being is I, okay. it's not like this thing where I've got to check off every day. Mm -hmm. like I did this today. It's not a list to just check off things, but it's a guide. And I can check it to see, am I in the right direction? Is our family going the right direction or are we stagnated? Have we forgotten where God wants us to go, where, where, what we should be doing? Um, so that's kind of how I plot for the new year. I don't know if that's quite a revolution. It's probably, it goes along with the idea, but I, I would suggest and encourage everybody to do something similar. Whatever you do, the word does tell us to be diligent. Hmm. Yeah, no, I like that. I think it's good. So. Well, I don't, I don't necessarily get that, that detailed, <laughs> at least not for this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine, mine really coming for this year is uh, it's not – so there's going to be parts of it that I'm going to flesh out as they go, but basically the overall theme of it is I'd like to have our home be more self-sufficient, and that includes not just things for us but more things for other people too. So it's probably going to include – I mean, one of the things I know it would include is starting to uh, use our land better, so like to start planning things out back – um, we did more work ahead of time this year, so hopefully next year, now that some things are cleared off, uh, we can go actually start uh, planning in this one particular area. Um, and I'd like to be able to do that, and I'd also like to, but but also other things. I mean, I, I've I've mentioned and stuff on the show a few times that I've I've looked into as strange as it sounds, soap making, but um, but even just things like that, like things that you use on a daily basis or use week by week. Uh, and, and things that you just kind of are taken for granted that you go buy at a store and kind of just start to take a look at it and be like, well, what, what could we actually make ourselves and could we make it better uh, and use it? And then also if we make it well enough and good, could we also give it to other people that might need it or sell it to other people that might want it? And um, those kind of things. And I'm just going to try and Flesh out ways that you can make but. make your home productive yeah. and profitable yep. will help you, especially as you know everybody is freaked out and we don't know what's going to happen in the future. The prudent man, the wise man, uh, um, sees the danger and makes plans accordingly. Right? He mm -hmm. doesn't rush in like a fool. So yeah, you uh, you definitely want to try to find out ways to do that. You're going to do chickens this year, right? I. Th uh... It depends. 
Uh, we, I'm thinking about doing chickens, Tony, but I do not want a chicken to show up on my house this coming Monday just because <laughs> I told you that. Hey, man, you want a chicken? Sure. Okay, it'll be here tonight. Yeah. I've already sent it. Just sent it just <laughs> I'm now. Just sending it. Yeah, it's on its way. It's on way. Bunch just of chickens. Lots of chickens. Just typed them out. Yeah. Um, we, yeah, we had talked about doing it. Um, I, it, 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 it depends on what we decide we're going to do with some of the planting and growing stuff. Um, cause what I don't want to do is I don't want to overwhelm my wife and kids with, with a lot of new responsibilities on things that are, that are bigger ones than, than what they already have. Um, but I'm also not adverse to it. It, it just kind of depends on how the, the planting and stuff goes. And, um, and some of that will depend on how spring goes. Like, are we going to have an earlier spring or later spring? Are we going to have a little more time to, to do things in terms of outside? Um, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, one, yeah, either this year or next year, we definitely do want to do chickens. I mean, that's 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 out there. And part of that is because we do want eggs. So I mean, if, ha- if you have chickens what? and you can, you can mail them to Tony, you can get them to Tony, he'd like to have them by next week. Yeah. 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 In particular, can you drive them up here from wherever you are? Yeah, Brittany and Chris, if you're listening to this, please don't bring me a chicken next week. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, but I, I think it'd be good. I, I, I think it's going to be good to get chickens. Uh, I mean, uh, not just even just for the fresh eggs thing, which is going to be phenomenal. I mean, that's awesome. But, uh, but even just the res- responsibility of taking care of outdoor animals. Um, I mean, right now we have two guinea pigs inside, and I think that's been good for the kids and taking care of them. Um, but guinea pigs are just, you know, for holding and petting. Um, but like for the chickens, you know, that's you can eat them. You can eat them. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. I've, I've. My wife keeps telling me to stop telling the kids that. Uh, <laughs> have you eaten them? Have you eaten them? No. Well, okay. Here, so here, this is actually a true story. Uh, this is not a joke. So. Uh, when I was in college, um, I came back and I, uh, interned at the church I was at at the time and I did a lot of stuff with like the youth. So a lot of stuff with junior high kids, that was like my thing. And so they were, uh, I think the high school was going on a missions trip to central or South America, somewhere down there and wherever it is that they actually do eat guinea pigs. Okay. And so I had asked a missionary that had went down there what does it taste like? And they were like, well, it tastes like just really salty chicken. And I'm like, okay. So at the time, my parents still had a pet shop. And at any given time at the pet shop, we'd have 20, 30 guinea pigs. Okay, we had these huge, huge, huge areas where all the guinea pigs were in. So the high school was having like this little missions setup thing to kind of just have other people come and the kids come and kind of tell them about the missions trip they're going to go on, where they're going to go to and talk about it. So I brought five or six guinea pigs in a carrier, and I had a little, like, fence thing to set up, like a little fenced-in area. And I would put them all in it, and I had a sign that said guinea pigs, (laughs) and it had an arrow pointing down. And then I had another area where there's a table directly behind it, and it had a plate. And above it, it said guinea pig, and it had an arrow pointing down. And every 15 minutes, I would come... I would take a guinea pig, and I would take it to the back into the kitchen. Now, mind you, outside the kitchen, I had the carrier. And I would put the guinea pig in the carrier, but then I would microwave some chicken and put a bunch of salt on it, and I would bring the plate out with nice. the chicken on it, and I'd put it down. And after I got to like three guinea pigs, 
and they'd see me just sitting there eating it and I'd be offering it to people who knew what I was doing and they're like, oh, this is really good. And I'm like, yeah, I'm making it in the back. It's fresh. And the, the junior high kids were like, that's, that's, that's not real. You're not, that's not real. And I'm like, well, eat it. And you tell me if you think it's guinea pig or not. And they were like, N- you eat it. And I'm like, okay. And I'd like <laughs> eat a piece. <laughs> I just, yeah. I'd totally freak him out. Then. Yeah, it, it freaked him out. And then eventually the very, very end of the whole whole little thing, I brought all the guinea pigs back out and they were like, I knew you were joking. I'm like, no, you didn't. Um, that's my weird sense of humor. So anyway, yeah, uh, you can eat guinea pigs. I don't plan on eating the guinea pigs if I don't have to. Uh, but with the chickens, there's more of a productivity thing that's involved in that. And there is much more work involved with the chickens. I mean, there is, there's building a chicken coop, number one, and you have to build it correctly. Otherwise, you're going to have a lot of problems on your hand, including infections in the chickens and things like that. Like you want to have enough... Uh, uh, dirt and everything underneath them to be able to take all of their waste. Otherwise, if they're sitting in it too much, they can get all sorts of weird diseases and you don't want that. A lot of stuff like that. So that's going to be more of a responsibility on that. But I do want them to learn how to do it. I want them to learn uh, to have animals that are meant either for food or to make food or to have a purpose on the property. And I'm not, obviously I'm not downplaying having an animal for the sole purpose of just being fun. I think that has its purpose too. And I think being able to have an animal you can just take out and hold and, you know, brings you a little bit of happiness, that's fine. That's good. But I do think you should be able to have other animals that actually have more of a purpose than that, and chickens are definitely going to be that. We have actually even talked about possibly having goats at some point, too. We do have, um, down the street from me, there's a farm, and they have quite a few goats, and they're always, I, I love them. I had goats before, too. I had two goats before. But um, when I drive to, to work in the morning, I drive to work very early in the morning, and so it's not even, the sun's usually not even up yet. And this is a funny story. I was going up the hill and usually the goats are behind their fence and I kind of just see them all sitting out on the hillside and it's just fun. You know, you see like 20 goats sitting out there and they're just kind of all being goofballs. But I was driving up and at one point I didn't see any of the goats and I was like, oh, that's weird. I wonder if they're still sleeping. And as I got to the top of the hill, past the fence, all 20 goats were lined up perfectly on the side of the road. No fence, just perfectly with the side of the road all lined up. And I like my my truck just like rolls to a stop, and I roll down the window. I mean, it was so surreal. There's nobody around. There's just these twenty goats in a straight line on the side of the road. And I roll down the window, and I'm like, "Hey guys, what are you doing?" And one goat just goes meh, and then turns and looks at the other one, and then they all just take off running. Like, oh, we've been found out. And it was it was the funniest thing, but it was so weird. <laughs> it was so they must have just got out and then just were like. We don't know what to do. We've never been out here. I don't know. And there's a strange guy in a truck. Like, should have just taken one. You want goats? I could bring you a goat. Oh, that was my goat sound. <laughs> my wife. My wife. If I if my wife's ever having a bad day, I always play her the video of the goats yelling like humans because she <laughs> yeah, she yeah. loves it. She she just thinks it's funny. Uh, yeah, but great. yeah, so chickens or goats or both. I mean, at some point, we'll okay. something like that. But yeah. so the point of this episode, get some is- goats. Get some goats and chickens. Chickens. And guinea pigs. And guinea pigs. Yep. And, and eat them. So uh, With salt. Yeah. Yep. I don't know. No, I mean, that, that we have other things for the property we want to do too, but those are some of the starting points, I think, for next year. Uh, we'd like to, to grow some things. I think, I mean, you guys started growing some stuff this past year, right? Yeah, man. We, we had tons of tomatoes. Right, yeah. You, mean, we, you, you grew tomatoes. Didn't you grow crop. something else? Oh yeah, we grew uh, we grew some corn. It we got a couple. We didn't get. I mean, we just got a few ears off that. But we got peppers. We had a lot of green peppers. We yeah, had, yeah, that's uh, right. We had some green beans. Just um, we want to do 
more green beans. We had uh, radishes. It went, it went really well. Okay. Tried to grow carrots. They didn't work. We had some squash and zucchini. It went pretty well. But, uh, um, this, you know, we we moved basically the time that you're supposed to plant or right near the time. Mm-hmm. And so we were we just moved and I tried I built some raised garden beds as soon as we got here. So this coming year I'm going to plow up a part portion of the yard for a garden. We'll have the raised beds for a few things. Nice, yeah. And and so we're going to try to raise more vegetables and uh and and that kind of thing. And maybe maybe we'll put a chicken build a chicken coop or something. We'll we'll see what happens, but uh we're trying to be more productive and teach my children um, good skills as well. So yeah, I've got a rototiller, but um, I think for the area I want to do, I have a neighbor across the street that um, he has like a bigger one and that he can drag behind like a, a, a tractor and stuff. So I think we might actually be like, "Hey, man, can we borrow that?" Because he usually lets us borrow anything. We borrowed a flamethrower from one time. This is like the neighbor you want to have, man. The guy has everything, and and we had all these vines out back. This is part of like what we we're doing this year. Is trying to like clear things. So there was a one part um, where vines had just like ivy and vines had just taken over. Like it, I don't know if you've ever had to deal with them, but they that's a it's nasty plant, man. Like it just goes over everything and it's so hard to kill. And we had sprayed it a bunch of time with all sorts of pesticide stuff to try and kill it, um, and it, it didn't quite all die. So I was talking to him one day and he's like, you know, I got a flamethrower if you want to just burn it. And I'm like. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, I will. <laughs> like, and so, yeah, we we totally lit that sucker on fire and burned that thing to shreds. And uh, then we rode it tilled up to anything. And he had let me know, like, we have this big thing to drag behind a tractor. So, yeah, I think nice. I'm excited, man. And and I mean, you you doing all that's a lot of the stuff we wanted to grow too, um, tomatoes and and uh, peppers and stuff too. Especially my kids really like peppers. I, do, you, do you what kind of peppers do you guys grow? We grew green peppers, this like bell peppers. Yeah, yeah. We'll probably um, try to do a couple different kinds this time. We're going to try to ramp things up a little bit, do some canning. Nice. Um, hopefully. So we're still trying to plot that out. That's actually part of the plan. I got, That's what I'm sitting down to do probably this week and next is to plot out a lot of this stuff to be thinking through. So Nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's what this kind of this week for me, too, is trying to figure out what we're going to be doing next year. Um but yeah, that's part of it. So, hey, you never know, man. Maybe we'll start a uh, patriarchy canned fruits and vegetables company or a chicken delivery company, live chicken delivery company. What do you think? Yeah, man. Well, yeah, it's uh, we'll call it before the sandwich. Before the sandwich. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Okay, well, we're going to wrap this one up for today. Uh, thank you for listening. If you are listening, um, that means you're a member. So thank you for becoming a member. And uh, if you use the code PATRIARCHY, double thank you for using the code PATRIARCHY. And if you didn't, you should cancel your membership and sign back up with the code PATRIARCHY. No, I didn't tell you to do that. Um, but you can do it, actually. Anyway, moving on. Um, if you'd like to keep supporting us, uh, please uh, continue your membership and also uh, tell some other people to sign up to become a member. Go to fightleftfeast.com, click on Become a Member, and use the code PATRIARCHY to support our show. And help us keep making episodes like this for after the sandwich. So, with that being said, until next time, make me a sandwich.